thinks it's time. Woo, right? That means we have work to do because that bridge doesn't get built by itself. It gets built through the work that you and I are willing to do. So that is why every week, what do we do? Practice, of course. We take that fifth unity principle that says we must live into the truth and we practice. And so last week we began our new series on sacred earth, sacred work, with the idea that we are each and every one of us an original blessing and that there is always a blessing to be discovered in any moment of any day. And so you were invited this week to pay attention to where do you experience your blessings this week? And so I wonder if anybody has something they'd like to share. Perhaps an unexpected place a blessing showed up. Okay, I see Ted and then Jack. All right, Ted. Wait, you got a mic? Try it now. Okay. We just finished up a uh, week-long family reunion with my adult brothers and sisters from out of state. And... It, it was really different from other reunions we've had in that, I don't know if we've gotten older or, which is a possibility, I suppose. Very saying that. Um, no, the way, we, the way that we interacted with each other was not, you know, we didn't just revert back to our childhood norms and uh, rivalries and pettiness. And it was, we just treated each other with love. I mean, it was a really different experience. You know, we all just enjoyed being with each other and sharing stories and our company and, you know, laughing about things in childhood. Um, and, I mean, we all just enjoyed it. And my mother, she really loved it. She loved having all of her kids together and everybody getting along. It was just wonderful. They finally grew up. They're not fighting anymore. <laughs> That's great, Ted. Thanks. All right, Jack, what do you have to share? I had the most fantastic visit from my son this week. Okay. I was sitting on the back patio just more or less meditating, and the doorbell rings, and it was my son. I said, come on in. You No, I can't. So we, he comes around, and we talk for a while, and we're chatting for a while, and he says, you want to go on an adventure? And I said, oh, sure. Where? He says, let's go kayaking. I love kayaking. I had one. Um, and I said, where? He's down to French Creek, which goes into Black River. I had the most, how can I say, exciting, loving time with my son last week. It was fantastic. I saw him, I said, during the week at different occasions. But that kayak route, oh, my gosh, it was absolutely fantastic. A lot of love there. Thank you, Jack. All right, one more. we got Toyin. Yes, Toyin. Good morning, everybody. So, during the week, I was in different conversation with a friend who was going through a very dark period in his journey. Mm. So, we've been talking on and off for like two, three weeks since the journey began. And almost every time he called, I knew it was time to listen. So, he would talk and talk and talk, and I would listen. And this week, he visited, and while we were talking, while he was saying so many things, and I had the opportunity to respond, it just dropped in my heart that being able to listen actively and connect 
be a part of someone's journey in a dark period is my blessing. And for him, having someone to walk with him and listen genuinely and lovingly without judging where every other person desired him is a blessing for him too. So it's a mixture of blessings. Mm. And that's where I found mine. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. So beautiful, Tony. That was such a perfect segue <laughs> to this week's topic, which is on the spirit of compassion. So sacred earth, sacred work, and the spirit of compassion and how that fits in. And so I've been thinking this week about that idea of compassion and our capacity for compassion and how do we develop that capacity and increase that capacity so that we can meet one another from that place of that spirit of compassion that Toyin you just so beautifully expressed. Because it's about being with one another through whatever it is that is in that moment. It's not about wanting to escape that moment and fix it and make it better. I didn't hear that in your story, Toyin. What I heard was Toyin say, I am willing to sit here in the uncomfortable of what he's sharing and listen. And not try to fix it. Just listen. And in that process of just being willing to be that sacred place of listening, a connection occurred, a compassionate connection occurred. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So what is compassion? We've talked about this some in the past, right? If we take the etymology of the word compassion, it means with passion. And the original root of the word passion coming from the Latin, coming from its old meaning of suffering. So I am willing to join with you in suffering, to sit with you in that suffering and just listen with suffering, with compassion, heart open, not shutting down and saying, no, no, this is too hard to hear. Let's talk about something else. But to be willing to sit in the truth of whatever the moment is with passion. Somewhere along the late 14th century, the idea of the word passion began to change from suffering to one that was with emotion, with feeling, right? So that's where we more take the word passion, from that, that place of, of movement, of enthusiasm, of that spirit moving through our, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, propelling us forward into action. How are we being propelled forward into action, no matter what is happening in any given moment? That, too, is a part of compassion. And for so, so many, for myself included, it can be really hard to do that when someone is suffering. But, like you, we've probably had lots of opportunities to practice that. Compassion invites us, again, just like last week we talked about blessing being about relationship. Well, so too is compassion, obviously. It's, it's about more than just myself. It's about myself and this relationship that I have with someone else. That's the only way compassion takes place. And so as, 
as I was thinking about that as a, as a parent, knowing today was Father's Day, I can't speak from the perspective of father, but I certainly can speak from the perspective of mother. And I was pretty young when I became a mother. I was 24. Relatively speaking, that's probably not real young. But I now know that at 24, my brain wasn't even fully developed yet. Right? And we're having babies with non-developed, not fully developed brains. And I can still remember that there was a moment after Katie was born where I went, oh, also in the word crap. It's not all about me anymore. Right? Like I had this idea of what motherhood would be like. Oh, this sweet baby that was going to show up, that I could love and would love me. And then the reality hit in of sleepless nights and dirty diapers and crying babies and neediness. And a neediness that wasn't my neediness. (laughs) And, And in that moment, my capacity for compassion began to increase. As I, as I accepted that, you're right. It's not all about me anymore. It's about me and, and this little one who's relying on me and how I'm going to show up open to whatever those needs are in any given moment. Parenthood provides such a beautiful opportunity for compassion. Compassion invites us to see things as they are. Not as we want them to be, not as they should be, but simply as they are. One of the things that um, has been studied are uh, both men and women who are in prison. And what is, what is their similar to their stories that we might be able to garner some information to understand how this happens, that so many people end up in prison. And what they have found is that there's this common denominator, both with men and women, that people in prison have had no father in their life. There was a very interesting um, study that was done, actually back in the 70s, with African elephants. Because there was a a national park in Africa that they sent a bunch of young elephants to. Because, you know, the big elephants are pretty tough to transport. So they they transported the young ones. And they sent them to this national park. And the uh, elephants were there. But they started to notice something. Those young, teenage, adolescent, male elephants started to become really violent. Young, adolescent, male elephants have hormones that move through their system. Hormones that say, hey, I'm the male elephant here. And in a natural environment where there are both young elephants and old elephants, the young elephants get that under control when a big bull elephant comes into their vicinity. And they recognize, okay, I guess I'm not the powerful one here, right? But in this park, there were no old bull elephants. 
And so the elephants, those young elephants, were very destructive. They were killing rhinoceroses. They were, they were being violent. Until the observers realized what was happening, and they realized they had two choices. They could, number one, just castrate all those male elephants. That would solve it. Or they could go about it naturally, which was to introduce a bull elephant or two back into the herd. And that's the, the way that they went. And then those bull elephants came into the herd, and those young elephants calmed down just by them being there. And as I thought about that story this week in light of fathers and Father's Day and male energy and female energy and the way we show up in compassion with one another, I thought, you know, it is really as simple as each of us showing up and being authentically what we are. I mean, those bull elephants didn't do anything but show up and be a bull elephant in that moment. And in that way impacted those young elephants. Who calmed down? And so I started to think about how we could learn from that in our humanity. How we could learn to support one another in, in our truth, in who we are, in who we are created to be. I am as God created me. And as we see one another from this place of that creation, that original blessing that we talked about last week and came at each other from that place that you are as God created you and you are an, an original blessing as well, then that would allow me the capacity to increase my compassion. Increase my ability to sit with you no matter what is occurring. Increase my ability to be present with you in any given moment and just be me. That's all the elephant did. It just was itself. We increase our capacity for compassion when we are able to move from the idea. And, and I want to be clear, it's not either or. It's not either me or us. It's a both and. It's a me and us. Here in our culture, in our society, there is so much focus on individuality, on what each of us individually must do and must be and what is deserved and what I, I, I. And I is important. In unity, we are taught that we must begin by transforming our own individual self. Yes. We develop our capacity for compassion as we become aware of those places inside of ourselves that are hurt, that are angry, that are judged, that feel betrayed. You know, all of those feelings that we want to just gloss over and pass over and pay no attention to. But if everything is a blessing, if we can at least find a blessing in everything, then just as we talked about last week, all of those feelings invite us into the greater blessing of who we are in our wholeness. And when I can accept all of those parts of me that I like or don't like, 
and increase that within myself, I increase my capacity then to love you and who you are in all your aspects. And so it it shifts then from an individual transformation of myself, which must happen. That is the foundation. That is the beginning. That is the truth of unity. But we can't stop there because we are in relationship with one another. We are a community together. And so it has to, compassion has to move beyond just self-transformation into now that I have become aware of those shadow sides and pieces within myself, I can now extend that compassion to you. And see that just like me, you have parts inside of you that are hurt and hurting. You have parts inside of you that are unhealed and calling for healing. You have parts inside of you that feel unloved and unworthy. Is there anybody here that doesn't have those parts within yourself? And so we increase our capacity for compassion when we see it for ourselves and then know it for one another. When we can hold those ones, for example, in prison and not let go of accountability. Don't, I don't want you to hear that I'm not for accountability. Of course, accountability. But rather than othering them and pushing them aside and, and seeing them as less than, to expand the capacity of our hearts and say, here too is the beloved of God. Here too is the original blessing of the divine. Here too. And I expand myself to know that and to hold that and to see that rather than what society would have me believe, which is that they are other and bad and less than those of us who do right. Or right according to our thought of what's right. Developing that capacity for compassion invites us to the both and of the individual and the community the individual, and the world? And how are we together going to increase our capacity for compassion so that we can lift the world up into this place of a world that works for all? We've been talking about these ideas, you know, all the years that I've been here. We could lose hope and say it must not be working yet. But as we develop that capacity for compassion for ourselves and for others, we are willing, even when it's not working the way we hope it will be working, to sit with that and see that clearly. And then ask, so what is called for in me to hold this suffering and to allow that Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit, that fire of spirit to move through me with passion into this experience to reveal the light of God here because we are the light of God. And compassion is the capacity that allows us to demonstrate that. Now that happens individually in our lives, in your life, with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers. And it happens individually with our lives when we extend it out into community, 
here, the community, for example, of Unity Spiritual Center, how do we show up in compassion with one another in this spiritual community? What does that look like? Well, the same thing. It invites us to grow our capacity for compassion by understanding that we can sit with whatever it is that is arising here and see it for what it is and not want it to be any different and simply ask, so how can I show up with that fire of God inside of me and contribute to what is unfolding here? So what I loved was that Reverend Greg Coles was here last month providing an opportunity for this community to be in a listening circle together. And it wasn't a, well, tell me everything good about Unity Spiritual Center moment, right? Well, tell me about what you're feeling here. Tell me what this experience is like for you. You know, we're going through a period of change, a period of transition. Anybody go through those moments in your own life just, Woohoo! We're changing here. All right. I mean, I'm going through a period of transition that took me months, months of sitting and looking at every fear that wanted to come up and looking at it with authentic eyes, not pushing it down, not saying you shouldn't feel that, but saying, what does this mean to me? Why am I afraid here? Compassion for myself and my own thoughts. I expanded that capacity and said, okay, here's my fear. What am I going to allow to run my life? And so we are invited to look at those fears. The fear of who will be here after I'm gone. The fear of, are we getting some resumes coming in? The fear of, how long is this going to take? The fear of, fill in the blank. And then, as we expand our capacity for compassion together, to say, okay, so here's the fear, now what's the possibility? How can we hold one another in this loving grace? How can we encourage one another to remember the truth? Well, that's what the search team just did for you. They gave you this beautiful vision to focus on, this beautiful affirmation to hold. As we expand our capacity for compassion here in this community, we stand in faith together. Okay, here is what is happening now. Here is where we're heading. We know we're going to get there. But what's mine to do to make that happen? Because each and everyone here has a, has a role to play. And it's different for everyone. If you look at yourself and ask, what is compassion inviting me to so that I can wrap my arms around this community and allow that Spirit of God with passion to move through me? After a whole year of, of not meeting live here and in person, we're just building this all back up again. And there's a part of me that thinks, oh, you're leaving now, really? And this is all just getting built back up? But you know what I know? Is that you all have the capacity to bring this around, to stand in faith with one another, to say, yes, here's what's mine to do. And it doesn't have to be great big things. It can be what's mine to do is to show up as an usher greeter welcoming people, that team needs people. 
It could be that I'm going to show up and make some lemonade with Talissa in the morning. Yes, that's what's mine to do. It could be that what is mine to do is to help join with our youth and family ministry. That may be what's mine to do, to help grow the capacity of this church. It may be that what is yours to do is to take a paper from the back of the table there and simply sit with that vision every day. That might be what's yours to do. But I am inviting all of us, all of us, to find one way to expand that capacity of compassion for this community by asking, how am I going to show up today in love for Unity Spiritual Center Westwood? And if each of us finds one way individually, imagine the consciousness of this community growing in possibility. That's the spirit of compassion. Please with me. Yay! Yay! So we're going to going to practice again. Let's see if I can pull this up. It'll be up on the screen behind me, I'm sure. Mm. Of course, it's through the work of spiritual practice that we move beyond fear into compassion and discover our deep and true selves. You know, that's a, it's just a muscle that we're growing, that spirit of compassion, right? So it's practice that allows us to get there. So engaging in spiritual practices, whether that looks typically religious like praying or not, like walking, you know, what they have intentionality in common. They draw us closer to the creator and who we were created to be, free and compassionate beings. So I'm going to ask you, what practice are you willing to commit to this week that draws you closer to your true essence? I am as God created me. I am the light of the world. What practice will you take on this week that reminds you of that so that you can develop your capacity for compassion and then pay attention to how compassion shows up in your week? Who's taking that on with me? Yay! So next week, I see who raised their hand. I'm going to be looking for some examples because we inspire one another in this way. Inspire one another. And now for my commercial plug. That table outside of my office that had books on it last week, some of you came and found some books, it's filled up again. It feels like I have uh, unlimited capacity for books to show up. <laughs> so you are helping me to release them and move them on. So please check them out. There's also some CDs and DVDs this week as well. We, together, are growing the spirit of compassion so that we can show up as the light of God itself. And so, thank you for joining me on that. God bless.